You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. One thing I was going to say, too, since I am sitting on my back porch with the window open, if if you get too much outside feedback noise or something or there's any kind of sonic things, just let me know and I can try to reposition. Yeah. Well, is it is is it is it Iowa sounds, first of all? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, 
it might be nice to sit out here. I, I Iowa sounds are fine. <laughs> <laughs> but but if the uh industrial crane for some reason arrives, we'll we'll chat. Yeah, the neighborhood uh tree trimmer comes along or something. <laughs> All right. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and I have the Pieta Brown, uh, singer, artist, here for you today. Pieta, welcome from uh, Iowa. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, really nice to have you on the show. Um, in the background, just you know, just so you know, I've I've listened to your music for years, and um, well. You know, I'm I'm a really big fan and uh, got to see you live. And uh, some of the guests I have on the show, I'm uh, just uh, way excited to have. And <laughs> you're in that category. Oh, thank you so much. So, um, Pieta, you know, we're talking about we're going to talk about art, philosophy, talk about your music. Um, one of the questions I ask, uh, you know, is kind of a bit of uh, identity. And uh, wh- when did you see yourself as an artist? I know you grew up uh, in a, a quite musical um, background, but d- did you have a day or inhabit a time when you're like, this is me, this is what I do. I'm an artist. I'm a musician. I think I always... Um probably always identified as an artist without having a word for it. Um, just growing up the way I did. Um, I grew up around so many musicians and artists really living on the fringe, like really living on a real fringe. And um, so I think that just was my worldview, you know, from early on. Um, but I do. Um, and I, I think it seems like as I've, you know, kind of gone along trying to get an angle on some of what being an artist is, I think a lot of artists I know kind of seem to identify as outsiders, you know, or feel outside of some kind of um, some kind of norm or something. I'm not even quite sure what you call that, but I know I always felt that um, since I can remember that kind of outsider feeling. So, um, but I do remember uh, a very specific um, moment of time when I uh, I was in my early 20s and I had been living in New York City and I came back to Iowa um, just to visit different family and friends. And my dad was living here at the time and I stayed with him, um, which I, it's actually, that wasn't typical but for some reason I was staying with him and um he showed me this guitar uh it was a 1930s Mabel uh, Maybell archtop guitar and I didn't really play guitar at that time I mean I had certainly picked them up and they were just like you know like uh members of the family. I mean, I, they were so familiar to me, but they were also these kind of mystical entities or something. Like I was a little bit shy or intimidated by them or something. And, but my dad would always show me guitars over the years that he had gotten. And I, um, so I picked that one up and I was 
like I said, I was staying there and I went upstairs um, and I took that guitar upstairs that night, I remember, and I tuned it open to my ear uh, somehow. I don't know. I think it was, I think we figured out later it was like an open D minor or something. And I just, uh, I just never forget that moment because I started, um, you know, playing the guitar and singing and these songs started arriving. And um, I just remember thinking like, oh yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. And which was a weird thing to think, you know, cause I was um, living in New York city doing all kinds of crazy jobs. And I was certainly doing lots of art and music related things, but um, I had never had a coherent vision like that. It was just really sudden. And so it was a really crystalline moment. And I really, that just sort of took over and I haven't, I've been clinging to that ever since. Oh, wow. That's a tough story to follow up. My goodness. <laughs> That's uh, um, Excalibur, you know. Um, I, uh, it was like a portal or something, you know. It's like that, 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 you know, you hear people say, like, getting a calling or something. I mean, I don't know if that's what other people experience when they get that, but it was so clear. And it certainly didn't make it any easier right like it wasn't clear like in the daily realms of like how am I going to do this because and it still isn't right um but I think that's part of what you know keeps you chasing that I guess that just that that inner clarity um like wrestling with the outer reality worlds that aren't necessarily so clear yeah yeah, well, I, you know, in, in, in thinking about what you said, um, you know, as the artist, as outsider, and I just, you know, you mentioned New York City, like for me, I can kind of, you know, um, you know, trying to find your vibe and all that, but like, there's just kind of like this crystallization, you know, with the with the vessel, like the, the, the complimentary part for you. Um, no, that's that that's that's so beautiful um do you play mostly uh acoustic um uh, mostly acoustic uh, guitar or are you um you know what's you funny of... about that is actually um right after that time i um i went back to new york city for a little bit and then i ended up moving down to arizona and um the first guitar i bought with my own money you know like the first um guitar that I bought in a music store after that, you know, after that kind of realization feeling um, was a hollow body electric guitar. And, um, and I really just learned to play, like really started to learn to play and teach myself guitar um, on electric guitars. And those were some of the first guitars that I played out in various configurations with different musicians. And I still love to play electric guitar, um, but somehow just, yeah, as I went along, um, and maybe some of it was influenced by the musicians I ended up gravitating towards and playing with, um, so many of them were really uh, masterful electric guitar players. And then something about when you're delivering the song, a lot of times, especially if you don't have drums and bass, um, you know, 
acoustic guitar. I'm more like a drummer than a guitar player, really, I think. <clears throat> In a lot of ways, it, for me, it's kind of coming from some kind of groove thing. So um, some kind of melodic groove. And I think acoustic guitars are pretty great for that as far as being able to try to deliver a song. Yeah, I was surprised to hear you mention, you know, feeling more towards uh, drumming. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm really, obviously, I'm not a drummer, but it seems like um, that is something about the acoustic guitar that I feel, you know, it definitely has that, there's that kind of a undercurrent of that rhythm thing that you can really get in an acoustic instrument and in acoustic guitars especially that I'm really drawn to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Righteous, Righteous Babe, uh, Righteous Babe Records, uh, Annie DeFranco's label, um, incredible, uh, incredible, you know, Annie DeFranco and, and the label itself. Um, has there been, you know, on the outside for me, is there, what's, what's the, um, has it been a change, like as far as like contact with with a, a label like that, or or an ethos um, that's there um, with with Righteous Babe? You know, that was for me. That was um, just a, such a amazing timing, and oh gosh, um, just a such a feeling of shelter. I guess I don't know a better word for it. But at the time when I was, um, when that converged, I had recorded this album called Freeway. And I didn't actually really know how I was going to put it out because as uh, kind of independent minded as I am, I'm not a great business person. I don't really, I didn't get that. Unfortunately, I didn't get the gift of any kind of visioning for business. <laughs> I really, really didn't. And so, um my mind just sort of blurs out and I don't really know what to do with that stuff. And, um, um, somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody, I think it might've been, um, a really sweet, uh, person named Eric. He's a publicist and I had worked with him on a different project and he said, you know, I want to send this to righteous babe and just see like, maybe, you know, maybe they would be interested. And I had met, Ani and of course was a huge fan since um it's actually my dad was the first person to um turn me on to Ani's music and I remember him telling me hey I think you're gonna love this songwriter that I just came across um young Ani he called her at the time and <laughs> um you know of course I did and um I remember when I first heard her and saw her live um I think it was I, I couldn't tell you what year that was but I remember just being in the room and feeling like somehow we would be friends someday and I, I couldn't really tell you why but anyways all those years later um I got um an offer you know that Eric sent this a recording that I had made to them to to Righteous Babe and I got a really sweet note from Steve Dahmer who runs the label for Ani and with Ani um, and just said hey we love this album and we were really interested in putting it out and um, got a really 
you know, sweet message passed on from Ani. And I was just immediately in, you know, because it's, um, it is an independent label and it is very artist friendly. And um, it was just the first label that really felt like um, the right kind of place for me to be just musically and also just kind of artistically and um, yeah, just as a human in the world, there's just such an open and creative and really um, radical in the best sense of the word um, thing going on there. And I, I love being a part of Righteous Babe Records. I, I really am honored to, to be placed in that setting. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, again, from the outside, I'm, I was like, well, this is, this is perfectly suitable and fitting. <laughs> and, uh, no, yeah, it's, it definitely it, felt like that. I mean, I feel like, I mean, it's, it's a gigantic subject. We could spend hours talking about just that, I'm sure. But being a woman in the world, <laughs> but also in the music business, you know, has all kinds of uh, various challenges I guess um I mean for any artist you know however you identify but um yeah there was just something about about it just I just felt like um it was a kind of a hard time for me personally at just at that exact time too and so just suddenly feeling welcomed into a really safe space felt like a gift from the world for sure yeah was it a, I mean, connecting with the independence of the label is probably less of a, of a struggle when you could con connect to that I, ideal there. Um, you know, just hearing you talk, it's kind of like the, you know, like independence and being like, you know, I need, I need to do my own, I need to do my own thing. So it's good to like, to find that like safe, safe harbor. And I talked to a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, uh, non-male uh, guests on the show and, you know, have some uh, deeper conversations about, you know, the experience in, in, in music and having that type of space, space, safety, creativity, your own creativity. Um, it's so great uh, that that's fostered, you know, uh, Righteous Babe. And uh, heck, you can't get a better name for a label than Righteous exactly. Babe, right? So, yeah, and then I mean, there's you know, and then Ani's energy, of course, as, um, you know, anybody that's a fan um, knows, like, it's, um, it's, there's just such a, there is a, that real open, there's a real openness. It's real, really open. And then also, um, but very, you know, very fiery and also really joyful. And that's, you know, it's an amazing combination of things to have kind of near you in, in that kind of idea of putting music out there. Cause especially these days, I feel like, I mean, everything I've done has been very independent, uh, you know, definitely veered just naturally into the indie realms. Um, but having that kind of, I don't know, there's like a, there's such a verve or something, you know, connected to it too. And, um, no apologies and, uh, just, uh, 
just that joyful thing of like, let's put this stuff out there and see what happens. Um, it's just been really, um, yeah, it's been like a, a very, a great spark, you know, just. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the Franco, uh, there were some of the early music, my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, quite some time ago, gosh, and he was first doing some stuff, maybe 20 something, 20 something years ago. So she got really into, and of course, uh, quite prolific. I was just surprised at that time. It was a little bit different at that time to see somebody, you know, putting out music so uh, prolifically. So I, I prolifically listened <laughs> at that time to the, to the, to the early catalog and, and really got a really got uh, connected and attached to that. Um, easy question, Pieta, what is art? What is art? Oh, let's see. Um, what would I say? That's a, such a gigantic question, really. But I don't know what, like a playful, infinite language or something. I don't know. Playful, intimate language. Uh. Infinite, well, infinite, playful, infinite. Like I feel like, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, just a wide open it's obviously, um, yeah, playful, a playful kind of infinite language that we all kind of try to use to communicate something that we really can't um, in a linear way in, in other realms. Yeah. I, um, I want to tell you about uh, just the, just in my head, my connection to, to, to Iowa and, um, uh, to uh, the Seed Savers Music Festival um, oh, in yeah. Decorah, Iowa, uh, years ago. Um, your dad, Greg Brown, uh, there, and uh, other great uh, musicians. And uh, I, I hadn't spent much time in Iowa. I was living in Wisconsin at the time, and um, they had camping, uh, camping there. Uh -huh. So you go there early and it was just such a unique experience. Um, small festival supporting, you know, heirloom seeds, um, <laughs> you know, playground for the kids. My kids were really young and it was this uh, sliver in Iowa. It was this for me, for me, I just, I, I don't know the area particularly well, but it's just beautiful, beautiful farm and, and, and beautiful area. And I can remember it distinctly to this, to this day. So I have this strong resonance and feel, uh, not only for the music, but for the, you know, the, the whole beauty of, uh, of, of the area. And, um, I know you, you've traveled a bit and you've lived in different areas and, you know, uh, heard you kind of sort of chuck, I've listened to some of your, your interviews, but like kind of, you know, making it back over as a place, you know, for your art and yourself uh, in Iowa. What does that mean to you? What does the, what does your place, what does your place mean for you uh, in your art? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's kind of, I think that's an ongoing uh, question for sure, but I definitely, um, yeah, I grew up in a lot of different places. I grew up, um, I mean, my early years, were in Iowa, um, out in the country in really remote area. And we, you know, we didn't have running water. We used a wood stove for heat. It was, um, definitely really, 
there was a kind of barrenness to it, but also there again, like an openness thing. So I still think about those early years. And at that time too, my great grandparents um, were still alive and they lived in Southeastern Iowa. So I went down there a lot as well. So that kind of all runs together in my memory in terms of um, spatial landscapes. And they were also musicians. Um, my great-grandfather played the banjo and my great-grandmother played the pump organ. And there was uh, all kinds of musicians that would gather and jam. Uh, there was these really great music jams called the Selma Jams. And um, something about that, because um, my great-grandparents, you know, they were definitely... Um, really, really rural people and very, um, you know, poor, really poor. And then I was growing up in that kind of, um, in a similar way, uh, but then in the kind of greater Iowa City area at the time, the place where we were living was a ways outside of town. There was this kind of other, you know, artistic scene going on that was that was not that it was a different thing right so there's something about those kinds of those layers converging or something that obviously made a big impact on me and um yeah and then I spent a bunch of other years of my childhood in Birmingham Alabama I lived in Minnesota um came back to Iowa to finish high school. And then I left pretty quickly after that and wandered all over the place. I really went a lot of different places. I lived in um, Quebec in Canada. I went and roamed around Mexico. I went to, you know, I traveled all over the place. I went all over the United States kind of trying to find my spot. <laughs> and then uh, I lived in New York city for a few years in Arizona and then once I started really doing shows, which was kind of between New York City and Arizona, like once I really started trying to see what would happen if I could overcome enough shyness to start singing in a microphone in a room full of people, like once I started doing that, um, something just called me back to Iowa and I bought a trailer at the time. And um, it was on the edge of town as well. And just kind of let myself write songs, you know, and really uh, play a lot of music. And then I just started following the shows and was roaming around doing those. And so it just kind of unfolded that way. Life started happening, you know. Um, so I came back here to kind of let myself hide out, I feel like. Um, even more and then I started doing shows and then I just kept doing shows and it kept slowly um, building from there and part of it too was just the reality that I could pay my bills living here as an artist and I could still kind of hide out which is, seems to be my nature a little bit and um and then I was still getting to travel all over the world, really, uh, doing things. So it ended up, it's, here I am. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I think there's this, there's such a, um, 
amazing connection between, I feel like, between land and music, land and art. And, um, and there's that beautiful book, I don't know if you've ever read it, called Songlines. Um, no, I haven't. It's by Bruce Chatwin, and it's uh, you know totally different subject. Uh, he was a travel writer from the yeah. UK, and he went to Australia. And, um, but the essence of that book for me was just he was kind of an outsider. Obviously, I mean he wasn't kind of an outsider. He totally was an outsider in that um, kind of Aboriginal worlds. But he was allowed far enough in to kind of at least be able to translate some of their views on the connection between um, land and music and part of their whole kind of um, way of remembering and mapping places was through music, through song lines. Like they would sing their way back home. Oh my goodness. It's really beautiful, but that I read that when I was pretty young, and um, that really has stuck with me too. And I still think about it. Um, just, yeah, it's a it's a kind of exciting subject, and I still am excited by it. Just the all those connections, you know. I mean, I'm living in Iowa, where I just read last night. I think ninety nine point nine percent of the, um, like actual original natural prairie has been obliterated here so there's like 0.1 percent of some natural little piece of or prairie that hasn't been obliterated i mean people are trying to restore things yeah yeah they're restoring it from things that have already been radically altered so um so it's a you know it's a big subject but there's something about that connection between sound and land that I'm totally fascinated by. Yeah, I I, I agree. I was really influenced um, recently by the artist uh, Black Belt Eagle Scout. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, uh, an album, The Land, uh, I, it might be, I may have the order mixed up, Land, The Sky, um, mm-hmm. Sea. And um it, it, it's just it, it it's it's you can't extricate the land from you know you know from what you're hearing um and it's it's really just so beautiful and, and that immersion for me uh i gotta read that chatwin book chatwin's a great yeah great writer i remember might have done one called in patagonia and yeah uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. yeah yeah did some other things but i i did not I had not heard of uh, him doing that in, in that song. Oh, lines. Yeah, oh. it, it's fun to read. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's um, yeah, it's just inspiring. And, you know, of course it just opens up. I don't know. It was just like a way of um, putting into words some of those things you think about and then like, Oh yeah. Okay. There's a whole culture that I, you know, that's, singing their way around where they live <laughs> like that's that makes perfect sense but it's yeah. not living right now really do, do I, I don't want to make any assumptions on my side but you know obviously the rural you know rural uh influences and you know you've obviously been you know traveled and and, and been 
you know, been to the to the cities. Do you, do you feel like when it comes to, you know, creating uh, and such, um, that it is something of of a rural America that it is like you know you're put in the category of Americana, which when we're talking about large categories, I mean I know what it means in my head, and uh, but you know big big category. Um, does the creation is is it a is it a a, a rural uh, creation that's presented you know uh, in the city or like when it comes to you know it's the new like when you're in New York City uh, obviously or, or somewhere else I mean it, it, is do things come out there uh, for you as a more just uh, you know from from a, maybe the rural or the American landscape yeah that's. It's, I don't really know. I mean, I feel like um, it's obviously, you know, a big messy mix of responses and ideas and stuff when you're, when songs are coming in and, uh, or when you're playing music with other people, which is, you know, of course, one of my favorite parts of actually playing music. I mean, the songwriting is its own wild entity and then actually playing music with other people and putting the music into the song kind of is a different thing too. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel, I know that there's something in those kind of early sounds that, um, that still seem to come in and come up no matter what I do, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, you know, by the time I was a teenager, I was, you know, I listened to everything. I mean, I got super into, um, I was really drawn to kind of country blues when I was a kid and a teenager and I got obsessed. I really was obsessed and I, I'm, I still am. Um, but also like I found a Led Zeppelin record in my mom's boyfriend's collection and got obsessed with that. So, you know, there on then I worked at a record store and the guy that ran the record store was like a complete jazz, um, you know, madman. Like he knows yeah, everything. Yeah. And I learned so much from him and started listening to Pharaoh Sanders albums. And so I feel like all of that stuff colored my worlds at a really early age, but still like if I pick up a guitar or a banjo or whatever it is, some kind of, family sound or I don't know what you call it so yeah 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 come out even though I'm hearing Pharaoh Sanders in my head or you know, <laughs> a very experimental kind of um you know like I was doing a show uh I don't know I guess it was just last week or maybe 10 days ago or something up in Grand Marais with some of my favorite musicians that I've had the chance to play with um Sean Carey Mike Lewis uh, Jeremy Ilvesacker, you know, Sean and K Sean and Mike are, have, you know, very big parts of the band Bon Iver. And, um, I've recorded that album freeway with them, but I hadn't played with them in a long time, but we we're sitting there playing and getting ready to try a new song that we were going to try to perform the next night. And, uh, Sean said something about like, is that how you're going to do it? And I said, yeah, I think I'll start it like that. And he's like, yeah, like free jazz with a, with a 
kind of form or something is how he described the song. And it was just, uh, it was a great moment. So, so somehow it's all, it all makes its way in, I guess is my point, but there does seem to be some kind of, you know, we all have these basic colors, you know, someone like Ani is another good example. It's like Ani always sounds like Ani, you know, even though, uh, and is that, the landscape, I don't know, but does that sort of make its way in? Probably. I um I I I, I thanks for for chatting about this too. I had a recent conversation with uh, with an artist, and uh, we kind of got into this jag a little bit, trying to explore industrial music and and the sounds and uh, you know like metal and uh, its connection to kind of you know, rusted out cities. I think of Detroit, Cleveland, Milwaukee, um, yeah. you know, and uh, Chicago scene for industrial and city industrial sounds. So it's a very loose exploration, but um, uh, I, I did an art class one time just on, the, it was called the spirit of the place. And it was a short course. I haven't taken many art courses, but was delving into it quickly just tripped into ghosts you know and past stories and uh what a place holds and uh if a place is spooky or if a place you know holds this energy and uh i i mean it seems like an area you can just go on go on forever you know um uh places Yeah. yeah exactly like i think Absolutely. I mean, that is, I think we can't escape it, right? I, I mean, I'm always joking to my friends about how many ghosts I saw today, you know, living in a place where I've kind of had a lot of different lifetimes. Um, yeah, and I feel like sound is absolutely that. It contains many ghosts. Yeah, yeah. I, um... I wanted to ask you about, uh, I wasn't able to watch it, couldn't find it, but I was so fascinated by your story of dropping off, going out to Europe and doing the film Around Louisa. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And uh, I got a, you know, I watched the trailer and stuff and I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this is like, it's kind of like pressing your nose up against the glass and being like, you know, let the store open here. So uh gonna going to track down copy or streaming oh yeah i I have a link i could send you oh that'd be that'd be that'd be that'd be beautiful tell me yeah just 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 tell listeners like uh you know just like uh unto it it feels like an unto itself like experience over there um uh, on film what what you know with the visuals and in film and i know you did the music as well what what was that? What was that like for you? Um, in, in 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 even in the artistic process of 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 creating, of creating the movie. Yeah, so that was that was there again. That was a totally wild, um, just occurrence. I don't know. I don't even know exactly how it happened. I just one day I had a um, there. I got a message, um, and I like I said, I'm not. I'm really not good at the kind of managing anything like the business stuff or any kind of like social media stuff. I'm really not good at it. 
I don't feel that connected to it, even though I'm fascinated by it. And I, um, you know, I move in and out of it a little bit as a, especially as somebody who does love to look at things and listen to things, but um, I'm not very good at staying engaged with it, but somehow I had a message that came to me. I had somebody was running my Facebook page at the time and there was a little message there just like, Hey, um, do you speak French and do you have any acting experience? And, you know, I was, I would, I responded in a pretty, um, you know, sassy way, I guess. (laughs) I think I kind of wrote a little sentence in um, assuming that maybe it was, you know, that it was some kind of scam or also just um, that maybe it was an old friend kind of teasing me or something. So I I wrote a little message in French because, uh, like I said, in, in my many of my crazy travels, at one point I basically ran away from the rest of my life and I lived in Quebec City for a while. So I learned some French there. And, um, so, but then when I wrote that, that back, they're like, Hey, great. You know, this is great. Um, I'm working with a small film company and the director, this woman, um, who's written a film and is going to make her first, um, feature film has come across, um, some of your music and some of your music videos. And she's really you know, intrigued and wondering if you would be willing to come to France and audition for this film. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, you know, I don't really have any acting experience and I'm not sure about mixing what I really do, like the part of me that is definitely not an actor, you know, and not, I don't know. I mean, I always felt like performing music is the thing I'm still working on you know like I'm not really the music for me is not usually about um a performance it's more about like offering music that I can make in the moment or something you know I'm I'm always um so impressed by people that are such great natural performers with their songs, you know, Ani is a great example. I can think of, you know, many, many people that have that gift, but it's definitely for me, something with my shyness and all that. It took me a long time to even feel like I could sing into the microphone in a room full of people. So I was definitely weary of trying to um, combine those two things. Cause when I got the kind of original um, script and all that, you know, the main character in the film is a, is a musician and there's all kinds of things that are absolutely nothing like me. Um, but in the end, they convinced me to come do the audition and I spent a few days. There was, it was a pretty intensive auditioning process. It was like a two or three days, I think, with different counterparts like lead possible lead male people that were part of the story and I had to be in my broken French and um, I thought for sure like there's no way in hell I'm gonna get this you know this part or this movie but it was a fun experience to go audition and you know that's cool but then like a month later I got 
the invitation to, I mean, I got the call, like, do you want to do this film? And I actually said no at first. Um, Again, just kind of feeling like I wasn't sure I had the right mix of things. But, um, but my, you know, my experimental artistic nature uh, won out. I was like, I got to try it. Like, why not? You know what? I didn't, I didn't feel like I would have anything to lose really. Um, and so, yeah, it just, I, it was definitely really fun and interesting and um, just a mind expanding experience. I will never, I don't know. I can't see a film again and not um, try to like not try to love it now that I know how hard it is to make films. Oh, right. It's such an amazing collaborative process. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, this film was a totally underground indie film and I was treated really well um, in all the, you know, in all the different ways. And um, I, I gave a lot to doing that film for sure. Um, and as a kind of, you know, I like to make these little experimental films myself um, and little videos and kind of moving image things. So I learned a lot just about doing that kind of stuff too, just from being involved in that project. And then the musical part was fun because I had to, I co-wrote the songs, but according to the director's specifications. So that was also really hard and weird for me because uh, it wasn't like a, freeform open place which I'm used to working from or it was absolutely done to really specific outlines you know and then I was also working with um really great musicians that were involved in the project uh yeah it was wild it was just it's hard to even talk about but um I I really I really loved doing it and if I you know, if I wasn't uh, quite as removed as I am from the whole, all the different industries living out here, like, especially coming off of that, I thought that would be something I'd like to try more of. Um, but I haven't, haven't found any other doors yet into that world. I did well, do one little zombie yeah. I did another little zombie film right after that. Wait a second. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's make sure you don't skip over your film career after you said the word zombie in the zombie film that you did after that. that yeah, I got for, invited. For, for, for me, yeah. What, I got, zombie? I got, yeah, I got invited to be a part of it. It was just a, it was a short film for a really great um, musician also over the, based in France, and they were making a little... Um, um, and I got to be uh, the zombie bride. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very fun. Oh my! Well, um, yes, uh, I'm glad to drop into film <laughs> with you as well. <laughs> uh, most, most, most definitely. I love my, I love my zombie movies too. So um, you know, I, honest to be totally honest, I'm a little bit scared of zombie films still, but doing that actually really helped me um, not be as scared by all of that. Just visually, I'm, I'm, 
I guess I'm sensitive enough and uh, I've never really liked horror movies and all those things. They stir up too many, I don't know, too many ghosts, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but doing the zombie movie definitely um, helped me, helped me have a bet- better um, sense of humor about all of it. Yeah, I'm glad uh I'm glad your time uh, in the province of Quebec helped you with the <laughs> Yeah, it was a wild definitely wild connection, right? Like amazing that and in the in the film um the character that I played uh she's she is American but has been living in Europe for, you know, like most of her adult life and so the character in the film I was all in French and I was the played the lead role. And I think, um, so yeah, it's all in French, which is amazing. Um, Gosh, talk about challenging, challenging yourself. I've never been so tired. I don't think it's the most tired I've ever been is when that film got done. Cause I was not only were we shooting like 12 hour days for a couple months, but it was also, everything was in, a foreign language and I mean everything was in French your exhaustion had to be different and so it was just yeah it was I think I was I don't know it was a different kind of tired I'm I think I finally recovered <laughs> but yeah it definitely, um it was amazing though it was a total challenge it was like escape and challenge and all the different things at once that's incredible one of the things I wanted to one of the things I wanted to ask you was the was the big question, Pieta, of the show. And it's uh why do you think there's something rather than nothing? <laughs> That's such a great question. Um I really I don't know how to answer that. Um Something that comes to mind, though, is um, this great story about um, my dad. Um, He was playing in northern Minnesota with Bo. I think Bo's the one that told me this story. Um, Bo Ramsey, electric guitar player, great musician. And they were um, standing, it's the middle of winter, and they were playing northern Minnesota. So it was really, really, really cold. Yeah. Like crazy, crazy deep Midwest winter. Yep. And they were standing outside smoking. And my dad said, just think, there's a whole country north of here. So that's what comes to mind. Um, You know, they're standing on a northern border and realizing there's a whole country north of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, why is there something rather than nothing? I mean, I think there again, that's kind of gets back to, I guess what I said about art is like this kind of playful language thing. And I feel like that's, that's something about that question is it's such a playful question really. Cause it is. Um, lots of, you know, the other thing that comes to my mind is that really great song um, by the Pretenders by Chrissy Hind, uh, the Nothing Maker, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, it's like, um, I don't know that they're, I mean, something and nothing. It's, it's, those are, um, great concepts that are fun to think about. Um, I guess because, you know, I guess because of the, because of the stars, right? Like we're all part stars, right? That's, that's how we're here somehow. I love, I, I, I love that. I love that idea. One of the thing is with the question uh, for me, which it allows, and it's, it's actually very useful for me as a creator in my mind is as uh, uh, intense interests in, in a lot of, in a lot of different areas. And the questions, you know, big as a philosophical question, but it's such a cover, you know, to, to chat about everything. And, um, you know, um, and, uh, and, and there's a part two of like, I studied, you know, philosophy academically at the university. Um, very proud of what I'd done is that that was an amazing journey for myself too. But as, as a, as a thinker and a philosopher is like people, like little kids, they, they ask these questions. Like I became fascinated with the fact that little kids ask these questions. Right. And they're mm-hmm. the questions that are kind of knocked out of you because, it's like, you know, why are you spending your time? Like you need to be doing something else. You don't need to be spending your time on the origin of the universe, right? So kids will be like, you know, ask the question behind the question. It was like, oh, there's that sound. It was like, where does this, how's the sound come from? Where is the sound? And, you know, there's this kind of like basic, uh, basic question. But I, I've enjoyed it because I've, I've done the show as a, as an international show and um, being able to, uh, talk to a variety of artists and to drop down the question into the reason why it's an art and philosophy show is because I'm talking to people who are creating, who are creating something that just didn't exist before. And we're going to talk about it. Like, how did it come to be? Uh, where did it come from? It exists now. Um, so it's, 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 it's fun. It's fun to Absolutely. allow our natural philosopher to, kick around the funniest part about it uh pieta is that having done over uh, 200 episodes um i, I experienced the sound after me asking that question uh-huh. <laughs> and, and we want to put together like just the sounds of having asked that question because it's like <laughs> um, like what did you just something yeah rather than nothing <laughs> and uh it's uh, just the reaction to it um i don't know it's some sort of weird thrill <laughs> or joy exactly. that would make a great sound collage i feel like I, it, it really it, it, it really would i've thought about it but you know you create a lot of things uh and uh it builds up i uh somehow over or out of over the last four years have a a week's content so if listeners don't have anything to do over the next 7.5 days they can become a completionist <laughs> yeah i mean the question is um it's yeah it is a, it's a great question i mean that was part of what drew me to um to to you to your to your podcast um because i think you know that's I don't think there's any artist or musician, um, any creator out there that isn't 
somehow connected to that question? Uh, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you, um, I wanted to ask you something very curious about, um, you know, you've, you've had a career in music and I talked to a lot of musicians, um, enjoy uh, music um, uh, myself um, in, in, in live music, but what's, 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 what's the deal with the making, making music now and, and, and making a go of it. Um, and, uh, everybody knows, everybody talks about, uh, that it's tough. Um, you know, that it's evolving and that parts of it have evolved to where it's sometimes in general tougher for the artists themselves, the creator to get paid. Um, What's it like making music now in the industry compared to, um, you know, when you were starting is, it, mm -hmm. is, is it much more difficult to navigate or is it, a, is it, is it different? It's definitely different. I feel like maybe I'm lucky in that way in that um, maybe coming to it so shyly and sort of so on the fringe, I didn't really um, ever reach a period where it wasn't really hard to keep trying to figure out how to keep the bills paid. Yeah. And so um, in some ways I feel like that's kind of, I've hovered in that place the whole time I've been doing it. So maybe I'm lucky in that way. Right. Cause it's not as, it's not, it hasn't been um, such a letdown. You know, it's just like, it's still a puzzle and, um, and I still don't know, like, I, I still don't know how long I can keep keeping the bills paid doing it, but I've always felt that. And, um, I mean, I do, you know, I'm really close to uh, a lot of musicians that have had enough success in all the different ways to make the financial part of it, um, you know, kind of more predictable or uh, something they could count on, that kind of thing. I mean, my dad is a good example. Uh, he definitely reached a period where he didn't have to be so worried about that. Um, of course, when I was a kid, that I saw, you know, I grew up without that stability. So maybe that's also why that is not so for me or something or like it seems like part of the part of the package or something yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah but I I don't know I mean I know um, I, I hear I'm really close to a lot of musicians of course um, some of my best friends that I talk to all the time are we're all definitely struggling with those same questions and I feel like maybe just a self-protection thing or something early on. I mean, maybe that is part of hiding out or something. I just, um, regardless of whether I pay my bills with it or not, I feel like it's something, I don't know, for me, it's a lifeline more than a, more than a career or more than a way of paying the bills. Um, so that part of it is secondary for me. And so if I can't, figure that out then 
I'll figure out a different way to pay my bills so that I can keep, um, you know, feeding my addiction, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm so enchanted with music and songs, especially songwriting and sounds and how it all is that I feel, um, I'm disappointed that life is so short for that reason, but because, you know, there's just such an infinite exploration. So it feels like it's definitely not enough time. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it is really hard. It's hard to make a living doing that. At the same time, it's really hard for a lot of people to make a living. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I, I think we all feel that right now. Like so many yeah. people are really struggling and uh, resources are getting scarcer. And the real questions are so gigantic of like how are we going to take better care of our um of our the world around us and ourselves so that it's more um harmonious and coherent so that it can all keep moving forward in some way that is not total destruction right i think that's sort of like at the center of a lot of people's thoughts and yeah. Uh, you know, even if it's not something you think about every day all the time, I feel like most people I know are grappling with that like, hmm, we what's going on here? So so yeah, I mean it's a it's a big question, of course. And at the same time, I feel like the there's such an intensity right now in general of for all of us to try to figure out how can we keep trying to make a living um, that is actually hopefully sustainable uh, in the, you know, for our future ancestors. With the, I I asked this question um, in relation to to art itself, but with those conditions, uh, you know, the conditions now, uh, you know, expressing, yeah, that general economic stresses um, going day to day, um, you know, making it making it through. Is do do you feel that the role of art itself, or say music within this context, has has changed? Like the role of art, or is art just you know arting like it has? Yeah, I don't feel like the the role of it has changed really that much because I, um, like I said, I, f- I feel like at the essence of what art is is an expression of those all those um, tensions and questions and sparks that we all carry around. So I feel like in a lot of ways it hasn't the what it is itself hasn't really shifted that much. You know, the, the different colors of the times will come out, you know, and that's important, but um, yeah, I guess that's, that's my take on that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I know sometimes artists, you know, I, I, any artist is going to be sensitive to the to pressures of the, of the time. And uh, I've had different answers on that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm myself, I think, I have like kind of a, I don't know, this, this view that it hasn't changed because 
I think humans in general, like kind of define themselves, you know, in accordance to the, what's going on in the world and the threats to the world. It always seems that there's threats, right? Threats or, or, or an experience of that. And that, that art responds in that type, type of way. I think sometimes I get into a little bit deeper where people say it has, it, it, it has changed. Um, and maybe in the context that they feel like a stronger connection of the need for the art to, I don't know, do something maybe to disrupt, uh, enlighten whatever it is so i find it really fascinating that um you know some people have seen that the times are different now um Mm -hmm. where i believe that humans you know the sky the sky's always been fallen in as part of a useful way to define ourselves. (laughs) it's a very inexact way of putting it but i mean the biggest clearest difference is just there's so many of us and so The, the population and the density of human expression has also increased, right? Because, I mean, the, all, the more humans there are, the more expression there's going to be. And so obviously that's going to affect the um, experience of, of it. And But maybe there's something in that that will, um, yeah, like if art is what, what, kind of collectively we have defined it as being then maybe maybe there is you know maybe it is a there's a it is part of the link of of healing too yeah yeah i um i studied some of the philosopher uh, martin heidegger and he did this uh, essay called the question concerning technology long time ago saw technology so technology as 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 a threat, um, in the sense that the tools that we use historically have been more connected to our hands, an extension of ourself, of the body, mm-hmm. and you know, with technology, there's a decoupling, you know, that we see from humans having created the tech and the the techs unto itself, and it's a little, it's you know, it's a it it's the the main conclusion within it um which is dissatisfying to a lot of philosophers but i love uh was poetry um uh holderlin's uh german poet was within the poetry that there was this deep 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 connection uh through art in finding the answers and uh that was within the poets um to to help and uh I don't know, it still has this like kind of resonance of, um, I, I agree with the kind of fundamental point of the technology loosed from ourselves, you know, the question of AI, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thinking back, thinking back at us, um, such a, and then with the distribution bit, the, and you said the amount of people, right. Um, you know, what's, what, what economic system supports that amount of people, those people creating art, how do we, how do we see, buy, consume, access, uh, all these, all these great things. Um, so speaking of great things, uh, Pieta, where do listeners, uh, where do you, where do they find, uh, you know, find, find your stuff, find, uh, your music and, and your creativity? Well, you can find me in Iowa, <laughs> at least for a minute. 
Um, I think, you know, it's all out there on the crazy, um, <laughs> crazy technology systems. Um, yeah, it's all out there in the different streaming, streaming realms. Um, and you can, of course, get things from Righteous Babe Records, which um, I always like to support directly. Um, and directly from me through the website kind of things. Um, yeah, it's all out there. And I guess, you know, it's funny when you were talking before about economic systems and stuff, I think one of the best things about art and music is that really, when you really get down to it, it's so much bigger than any of those concepts of um, buying anything or I think that's one thing I love about it so much or one of the reasons why deep down I don't really worry about um, making a living even though that's an important part of life it's I don't know how important it is as a like being an artist if that makes sense you know like taking capitalism out of it is so freeing and great and um so yeah, you can get all my music for free, basically. And um, it's been fun and kind of interesting to see how um, people are figuring out how to support artists beyond just um, buying music or buying a piece of art, you know, like kind of shifting back into these ideas of being patrons and all those kinds of things. It's kind of a fun concept of a more like direct support system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I, um, I, I, I really, I really appreciate, I, I mean, part of the thing is, uh, Piet is a, it's a unique, uh, experience for me. And one of the things I think of, uh, sometimes just kind of an odd thought is, you know, with, with artists, you know, me as a music lover and artist that, that, you know, you enjoy over time and, um, you know, the connection through the songs. And I just wanted to let you know, um, I started this show four years ago and, you know, I'm on my list of where I want to go and where I want to get to is uh, your name was on that. And, um, you know, for me, I, I, I'm unabashed in, in my enthusiasm you know, for, you know, for, you know, for your work and for the artists that, um, that I really enjoy. And the questions I ask are like, I can't believe sometimes I can, you know, get the inside and, 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 you know, talk about these things that are behind all these things you create and, um, those connections. So I just want to tell you, I really appreciate, um, chatting with you have the technical problem of wanting to chat another five hours um but you know like um (laughs) part two two. yeah yeah i uh i i i would definitely do that because i would have it on my notes too it's like make sure you have her come back (laughs) um but no uh really really uh appreciate um you know your beautiful music i was um uh, I've been listening to more of it uh, lately, kind of like in the vibe of the, you know, uh, towards the interview. And yeah, your videos are just uh, wonderful uh, visually. And I think in general, people, you know, there's something about, let's just say, singer, songwriter or, or folk singer, 
you know, the voice, the prominent prominence of the voice and how you deliver that, that um, is really just quite beautiful. And I uh, just wanted to thank you for that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I, I really, um, I do really love songs and I just, it's fun to talk to you just because your enthusiasm is palpable just about all of it. And I think that's um, really a gift. So thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I uh, have the fond memories uh, that I do of, of Iowa and, um, and in the area and in, in, in the Midwest. Um, I, I do, I do like the people uh, in the Midwest. And uh, one of the things for me is interesting is I'm, I'm from the city out in Rhode Island, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And, uh, mm-hmm. but one of the things that I'm really, I really enjoy about myself is, I don't know whether it's within the union work that I do or doing the, you know, the art gig is that um, I'm super, super comfortable talking to everybody and talking in, in, in uh, rural folks. And I know, um, you know, I, I, I work with groups to do rural organizing and, you know, and the emergence of differences uh, in the country, but um I just really like being able to 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 go into into places and just uh you know connect with people and uh thinking about the midwest and the small towns and maybe the more community minded um uh, mm-hmm. uh I really connect to that and uh and uh it's a just just a nice place and I hope you uh enjoy your uh day in Iowa and um uh, how is the weather it's absolutely stunning, honestly. What? Don't I'm tell sleeping. me that. It's stunning <laughs> Iowa weather right now. Yeah, it's uh, I'm looking at these tall grasses blowing in the wind out by the trees. It's really, really beautiful today. Yeah, it's super beautiful. And um, well, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna say, I think that um, that is that kind of work in general right now is so important. People. Um, talking about differences. I feel like that is maybe something that songs and music are um, good at too, in a way. Like that's something I've really enjoyed about staying in Iowa and playing a lot of shows in small towns in Iowa, even though I'm kind of coming at um, maybe the world or how I live my life in a kind of superficially different way politically or something. Some of my views are probably pretty different than, um, you know, than some of these small places that I, yeah, 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 for sure. These smaller communities that I go into, but music is such a direct, uh, direct connection that's so much bigger than all of those things. And I've, really loved seeing um yeah just how the making room for differences and not not feeding all this kind of frenzy of how differently we think about things rather than you know like how can I connect with you so anyways that's something that I was drawn to about your your podcast from the beginning yeah and it's like uh, you mentioned music and it's uh dance too like how do we how do we i don't know it's not pollyannish in the sense but like or maybe it is but you know uh, dancing in the communality in the in 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 
the the music. It's so so fun. Like I myself don't even have enough. I haven't created enough time or keep looking for it, the ability to dance just to to dance as a, for community. You know, so dance is where it's at. <laughs> it is. It is. It, 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 it is. Now, I got to tell you. Yeah, dance. go ahead. Oh, just everybody should dance. I, I wish everybody, everybody to do that every day. That would be great. To whatever. I, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I agree. Like you can feel better. There's a, there's a flow state attached to it. And even for me in my politics, I forget which famous person said it, you know, about the revolution. It's like, don't even bother with the revolution. If there isn't going to be dancing, <laughs> don't. Yes. Exactly. Don't don't bother. And it's like in response, I think, to totalitarianism, Soviet Union type stuff. But it was like, yo, if we're going to revolt against this shit, we better be dancing <laughs> through it and after it. And because oh, yeah. uh, if we ain't, we haven't won. We haven't won the battle. Exactly. I have to get a fuck yeah in there. <laughs> <No>. Yes. <laughs> we finally got it to the point of the fuck yeah at the end. Yeah. Um, at, 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 at the end of the, at the end of the show, um, uh, uh, final point, uh, I am a, a person that bounces between extremes, uh, having listened to a, a lot of your beautiful music. I'm taking, uh, uh, my kiddos up to, uh, Washington state, a little bit of a drive. We're going to catch, uh, uh, three doors down Chevelle and loathe, uh, metal show, um, nice. up, at, up at the RV, RV campgrounds up in Washington, a bit uh, north of Portland, rainy out here. That's why I was kind of responded to you with the beautiful weather. Guess what the 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 weather report from the Pacific Northwest is? <laughs> Rain and gray, Pieta. No. <laughs> it's it is raining lightly and it's gray outside. So out there not that long ago though, I was out there uh, doing some shows with Iris Demet, uh, and it was. So spectacular. That's really a really spectacular place. So rain and gray, that's okay. It it, it is it is all right. And I gotta tell you, people are people really uh dig it. There's a comfort folks get here, particularly for the the long timers of uh there's a cadence of the rain in the gray, which is slower, which is a challenge sometimes for me. The gray appeals in the kind of like uh, maybe like a little bit darker, a little bit quieter and calmer, but um, my energies <laughs> still <laughs> tend to be summer energies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, um, but uh, yeah, thank you, um, Pieta. Uh, it's so, so lovely to be able to talk to you. And I hope to, um, you know, chat some more philosophy and music and, and sheer art with you um, uh, very soon. Uh Great, great pleasure for me. And like I said, I, I started this show with a, a partial line towards uh, Pieta Brown. And thanks for uh, thanks for providing that for me. Thank you, Ken. Thanks so much for, for including me. Yeah, absolutely.
is something rather than nothing.